Cool. Thanks, Steve, for coming to chat to me, mate. I really appreciate it. Um, I've been looking forward to this for the last couple of weeks, um, like genuine excitement. And then for the last hour, I've been in genuine nerves about it. Um, so for people that don't know, you're a sex coach, right? I'm a sex coach, yeah. Cool. So these past three or four weeks, I've really been pushing my boundaries in terms of my comfort zone and what my nervous system can handle. Um, I've been doing stand-up comedy. I've been presenting. Um, I've just arranged my first live workshop next week. Um, and I've been doing, um, I, did, I did my first Zoom um, workshop on Monday. And I'm basically going into these things without really planning what I'm going to say to learn how to get into the flow states in, in the most intense situations that I used to think would be impossible. And I'm getting so much growth from it and I'm feeling so much courage throughout the day from doing these things. So I thought what, what would be more scary than going live on Facebook with all, all my friends and family I actually did message my parents saying, don't, don't watch this. So I don't have to worry about them. I'm listening. Um, but yeah. And, and to talk about sex and sexual issues and, and everything else. And so, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate this opportunity. Yeah, you're welcome. Looking forward to it. So I thought a good way to start the chat would be to talk about sexual shame. Cause really like I didn't, I never really thought about sexual shame or even thought it was a thing until a few years ago. Um, so my, when I think of sexual shame, I just think of any time I talk about sex um, or, well, I guess communicating about sex either with my partner or with friends, whoever it is, and there's discomfort in that. There, there's a wanting to close down um, and also all the shame that can come up in the act of sex as well, right? Because yeah. so much ego, I, I think especially in men, certainly in me as well, I still have a lot of my ego caught up in my abilities to perform and to look good and to do the right things and to pleasure her. And I know how that gets in the way of presence and it really can prevent a, a deeper experience. So is that, are you happy to talk a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, you want to just talk in general about what I see, what happens with shame. I can also share a bit about my own. Mm, uh, story. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, so definitely, um, just like you, um, I've been carrying shame around on around the topic of sex, my own sexuality for, well, as long as I remember. And, and, and I think I've befriended the idea that it will never completely go away that there's there will always be things that trigger this feeling of shame or feeling of guilt uh, but over the years it has changed quite a lot obviously because it's it's became well my work at first as a um, tantric body worker tantric gigolo now I'm a sex coach sex educator and I work with a lot of men women and couples uh, that well, really encounter this, you know, this, this shame, these, these they are, they're often sort of, well, they're rooted often in, in how we grow up, right? I mean, we, we've got uh, the way that our parents treated the topic of sex and intimacy and sexuality, how we've 
uh, well, worked with this or have seen this with peers, you know, the, the cultural messages that we get, a lot of religious messages, even if we're not religious, they're still, you know, embedded in society. And all these things, well, make for a lot of people that, that we carry shame around, that we carry taboos around, uh, and we don't really, th these are things that aren't really talked about, aren't really taught, like on, on school, how you can actually have an open, like healthy conversation about sex, let alone have sex and also explain or, you know, uh, talk about your desires, what you want, what you don't want, what you like, what you don't like. Um, and, and that's what I experienced as well uh, for a very long, long time. I grew up uh, in a household where my parents were not intimate at all, where sex wasn't talked about. Um, I had some very uncomfortable conversations with my dad about using condoms when I was 15 or 16. Um, I remember having a conversation when I was 11 or 12 when I first had my orgasm and I didn't know what happened. And then I actually, I think that's probably the, one, the only good conversation I had with my dad where he could sort of advise me a bit on what was happening uh, and mm. put on his, his, his physician uh, hat because he's, he's a doctor. Uh, or used to be. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, I see it all the time. Uh, it, it's, it's often rooted in the idea that we should behave in a certain way uh, as men in the bedroom, also as women in the bedroom, uh, how men are supposed to be, how sex is supposed to be. Uh, and, and yeah, often people don't really have an idea about what they want sex to be like for them, how they want to feel in the bedroom, because there's all these beliefs and ideas around it that prevent them from really slowing down and feeling in themselves, hey, what do I want with sex? How, what's important for me? How do I want to feel? And um, well, that's, I guess, what I work with a lot in my coaching and uh, training sessions as well. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah, I can resonate with, with with some of that. I find look, my parents were quite open about sex. Actually, they were always very um, intimate with each other, kissing a lot, and um, I used to hear about how they had sex a lot. Um, so it wasn't really held back, which which is a really good thing. Um, I I understand like upbringing is going to have an effect on all, all areas of life, but um, certainly I always thought for me it was my introduction to sex that really. Um, really started a lot of my difficulties, um, at least psychologically, because I, so I, when I lost my virginity, it was to a woman much older than me. Um, and she only wanted to sleep with me because I was a virgin. And it didn't go well, didn't last very long. And not only did it leave me feeling a lot of shame about my performance, but she was a colleague of mine and she went and told everyone at work. Um, and then I got belly for it as well. I mean, it couldn't, it couldn't really have gone that, that much worse. So my my introduction to sex was like that, basically. Um, and I, I've been talking about it in stand-up comedy as a good way to sort of bring up the shame. So I noticed how I'm able to talk about it to you quite openly without it really, because it doesn't mean anything about me personally, for sure. But that led me down a very unhealthy path for probably 15 years after that where those patterns kind of started repeating themselves or at least I did everything to avoid that happening again so 
I couldn't get with a woman who I uh, who knew any of my friends because I didn't want it getting out that that might happen. You know, um, it would mean when I fell in love with a woman and there was like a, an amazing connection between us, I used to always push them away. Um, I would only go on a night out with Viagra in my pocket. And if I drank enough beer and done enough Coke and popped a Viagra, then I could fuck like a porn star and feel good about myself for a day or two later. But yeah, it just, it just meant that for 15 years, I didn't really get into a relationship because I was so terrified of that issue coming up, you know? So I guess you, you, you probably deal with a lot of that with guys who have gone through similar experiences. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's quite a common thing that I see in my practice, where people have well created a habit of numbing themselves out uh, to deal with uh, anxiety and security in the bedroom, uh, yeah. performance anxiety uh, of maybe not getting it up, or um, some men actually have something else like like not like a lot of men have anxiety around going too quickly but it's also sometimes the other way around like some men have anxiety about not being able to come at all well, yeah, uh, whenever i heard that when i was it, really it, struggling yeah. they used to be like come on man shut up <laughs> but i understand it's a problem but yeah yeah for them it's a problem because yeah. you know the, 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 we all want to well not all but i guess most most of us really want to be the best lovers a woman ever had Sure. Right, and that means doing the right thing in the right time. So if you can't come, um, yeah, that that that's a good reason to, yeah, get mind fucks about it, right? And, and to disconnect from our bodies. And so I see that happen a lot, like uh, people using drugs or or you know other substances or alcohol or uh, just to to be ready for it, uh, to, to basically not be there with everything there is in, in that moment, with all the emotions and, and fear mm. um, to be able to, to do their trick. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's um, again, it, it's part of the idea what, what a lot of people have, how we are supposed to behave in the bedroom, like how we're supposed to have sex. Um, and, and I guess what I work with on most of my clients is to, really bring it back to them it's like okay let's the, the 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 one of the things that i say most to guys is okay forget about your cock it's not important right when you're relaxed when you're um when you can relax in the moment just enjoy what's there um your cock will get hard or not hard whenever that's needed and you can totally rely on that of course, if you have medical circumstances, if there's a medical condition, that's not the case. But for most cases, you know, the condition is here, right? It's in the head and we can really rely on that. But for a lot of guys, that's a very hard lesson right? to forget about the cock and to, to really bring it back to, okay, so how do I want to be touched? How do I want to uh, feel pleasure? Uh, how can I feel pleasure, right? Because uh, another thing that that goes sometimes hand in hand with being numbed out because of you know, the fear and everything. And maybe also watching a lot of porn is that we uh, definitely as men, women tend to sometimes, sometimes have similar problems, but maybe maybe a little different uh, nuanced, but uh, we, we feel our cocks and we don't feel much of our bodies. 
right? So, so what we do when we have sex is just stimulate the cock. I mean, this is how we jerk off, right? It's just like banging the monkey or spanking the monkey. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you should we call it in the UK? Is that is that UK? Is that, I think, is that well, what? I think so. It's, that's what some of us call it, <laughs> at least when we were younger. Yeah, I first started with uh, American Pie when they used that. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They talked about spanking the monkey, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so so th- there's this overstimuli on that part, and it goes quick. Uh, we don't really slow down enough to feel what more sex can offer us, right? And it's once we start on that path, it's uh, it becomes well, sometimes incredible, right? It becomes mind blowing. But the first step is always to, to slow down and to relax that nothing needs to happen. Mm. And that's for a lot of men, very difficult to, to take in. I see. Yeah. How about women? Because I've, this is a new way of relating that I, I, the old way of like, you know, more porn star sex just doesn't seem to do it for me anymore. And, and I'm really into taking it real slow. So when I was in my last relationship and I started that relationship with premature ejaculation, because I was quite fearful of penetration. Um, we used to spend like four hours in full play, just taking it real slowly, which was amazing for me. I didn't realize at the time that was like developing this muscle of um, not needing my cock, like you said earlier, and just being really present with her and just, you know, taking in her body and allowing her to do the same for me. Um, can't remember where I was going with that. You were asking about uh, how is it for women, basically? Yeah, so, I mean, I've noticed recently with the women, at least the women that I've got, got with recently haven't wanted to slow down they wanted it to be fast and hard and furious um and uh, and i would would suggest like let's try this new this new way of relating but it's of having sex but it within like a couple of seconds it just there's this need for like stimulation hard and it feels quite quite masculine in a way i don't know if how whether you'd agree with that i'd love for you to talk about yeah. that and, and how how let's say a man or a woman can bring it up to the, yeah. the their partner about how to introduce this new way yeah. of shagging yeah yeah so so there's a lot of what you just said but um yeah let's let's start with um just as for men a lot of women are conditioned to go fast 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 because that's how they've had sex all their lives right they're not used to basically uh, enjoying the pleasures of sensuality, of sexuality, of sex uh, in, a, in a slower way, thereby, you know, um, also training your body to, to contain more pleasure, if you will, right? Because we're used for fast sex. Um, I think the, the, the average time that people have intercourse is sometime, something between five or eight minutes, right? Uh, it, it's per country, it's a little bit different. I'm not sure how England is doing. <laughs> um, and some countries are even worse. Like some countries, like three minutes average. And so, so it's just if if you have sex for such a short amount of time, the capacity that we have to to have pleasure circulating in our bodies is very limited as well, 
right? We've got our, uh, in the neuroplasticity in our brain is actually being used just to create one super highway of how we have sex. And that's quick, fast, and, uh, you know, working towards a goal. So that, that goes for a lot of women as well. Um, I, uh, I, I've seen that as well with, with women uh, and, and with men that some are really fed up with that and they're ready to do it differently, but then they run into a partner, occasional partner, maybe their current partner they have, um, that is not ready to change. And that can be a, mm. a problem. But um, again, it starts with, um, well, it, it's basically it starts with deciding for yourself what kind of sex do you want? Right. If, if fast sex is what you really want, and I used to think different of, of this because I thought like everyone wants to have sex the way I have. And then I had quite a few chats with guys that thought like, I don't care. I just want it the way I have. It's good. Um, I use it for stress release. That's all. Right. If I don't have a partner at home that is fed up with that, and I see that a lot happening, mostly with women that are fed up with, you know, they're discovering their bodies in different ways. They, they, they discover how great it feels to slow down and how to spread the sexual energy uh, over the rest of the bodies, not just staying in the genitals with breathing and movement and sound. And then they've got someone at home that is a little bit intimidated by this, right? All of a sudden there's this woman that feels things and wants things and they don't know how to do it, right? Our ego is fragile in this, especially for men. It's scary. Like all of a sudden you have a woman that wants differently. Um, but the, the thing to change this is to have an open conversation about this, right? You, you, you won't be able to change this on the spot in the bedroom, right? So if what a, you have a, um, like a, a one night stand with someone and someone is going very quickly, whether you're a man or a woman, doesn't matter, and you don't like it, it's time to speak up, right? It's time to say like, okay, hey, this is not what I want. Please let's slow down. I hear this guy say this and blah, blah, blah. Let's try something else because uh, this is not what I like. And that's scary, right? It's scary to speak up. Mm. It's scary because we're afraid to reject the other. We're afraid to uh, be judged by the other, right? So it's scary to do that. But that's, that's the way to change it first and foremost for yourself. And if you're in a relationship uh, where your partner always goes fast and you want to start slowing down or you're, what often happens uh, with the women that I coach is, um, I know the couples more is that the woman would say, I don't feel like having sex. And the man will think like she's, she's never open to having sex. But then when I really get into the matter, it's not that they don't want sex. They just don't want the sex anymore that they're getting. Uh. Right. So that then it's needed to have a conversation about that. Like, Hey, what kind of sex do you want? Because I would like to have this or try out this, right? So, um, yeah, so, you know, just to, uh, as a side note, Fast and Furious is great. There's nothing wrong with that. No. It's just one flavor. And if that's the only flavor that we know, and most people know only this, or, you know, there's this idea that once you start speeding up, you have to keep speeding up until you come which is ridiculous. Of course you don't, right? You're, you're surfing the waves of pleasure. You can go slower. You can, uh, you know, put in a lot of variety. Um, but that's the idea, right? But slowing down is just a very important part of it because it gives 
you and your body the time to become more um, attuned to the, the more subtle sensations. And my experience is that these subtle sensations in the end are much deeper and much more fulfilling and much more horny uh, than you know just going fast the whole time. To be honest, that's really boring. Uh, it doesn't bring me anything. And I, I mean, I like, I like fast, I like raw, I like furious, but it's just part of the whole dance, basically. Got it, man. Cool, yeah. Yeah, I think um, what came to me just at the end there was what really helped me with my premature ejaculate. I, I hate the word premature ejaculate, just, just don't like it. But what what so what allowed me to have control over when I ejaculated um, was one my masturbating habits. I stopped porn and I just started to slow things down a lot, um, but also going back to when I was having sex and I was coming early, I think I would, I wouldn't really have any kind of felt sense connection with my cock. So I would be just pumping away and then suddenly I would ejaculate or it would be too, I'd be like, shit, I'm going to come. And then, and then I'd come. Um, whereas now there seems to be, I try not to be in my head and be like, Oh, I'm at 80% or, or anything like that. But I know, I know the sensations of my body when when it's coming right there's a slight contraction of the perineum and there's just a, a a bit going on and then then i can slow down sometimes i'll stop completely or i'll pull out and wait for a minute or two and the practice i've been doing is to feel into my heart and kind of get a sense of the energy or bring the energy up and then I, sometimes i'll get a slight kind of tingling feeling but often it's really just me imagining it in my head but it seems to then allow me to go back to penetrating for quite a while longer and then sort of, you know, so you can make it last for a long time, really. Can you talk a bit about that? Is, is that practice something that you've, you teach or that you do? And have you got any other things you can help people in a similar situation? Yeah, yeah. What, what I sort of taste in what you're saying, it reminded me of my early days when I before I started with Tantra, I, I ran into the book from Mantak Chia, The Multi-Orgasmic Man. Yeah. You probably have heard of it, uh, the way you talk about bringing up the energy. It sounds like the microcosmic orbit. He talks a lot about that. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, it worked at the time, but also it was quite a mental thing. So what, what I experienced for myself is that it, it did have some effect in making me able to prolong my lovemaking, uh, not coming. Uh, but it, were, it felt mostly because I was just a little bit disconnecting from my cock and basically just going into breathing in my head and, and, and it felt a little bit of a, a contraction for me and my body. So I, I don't teach people that uh, per se. For some people it may work wonders. Obviously every person, every body uh, is different. Um, but what I teach, uh, well, human beings, is see if you can relax in every moment, right? You say you feel like a little bit of contraction in your perineum. Ah, see if you can breathe into it and relax again. And often relaxing is, you know, then people start to breathe and they start to do this, you know, and they're still not relaxing because that's not relaxing at all, right? So you relax with 
letting go of your your muscle you know doing like this you're you 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 start making sounds you allow yourself to move a bit right and if you really have to relax if i've been um let's say having sex for a while and i've been on the let's say of the giving end or the let's say the more active end of the stick i've been um well penetrating let's say having sex um doing a lot uh being on top um sometimes i just i just need to lie on my back for a second and when i lie on my back i just let my body do whatever it wants to do and often that means a bit of shaking a bit of ah like it's like sighing moving and whatever it is but it helps me to relax again and to spread the energy so so that's one thing but all, obviously when you're having sex uh, that's what you can do as well right it's um it's about a lot of men are very 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 quiet when they're having sex because well first of all we're a little bit ashamed of making sounds please don't be guys because you know women like as much to hear us as we like to hear them in most cases, unless they're very ashamed as well, and you're maybe in their parents' home, maybe it's a different side, a different thing, but uh, or there's kids around and they feel ashamed for that. But in most cases, you know, we love to hear our partner enjoying it. So sound is good, but it also helps up to open up this canal here, right? Because if we don't make sounds, you know, we block it here, and when the energy is blocked, whether that's in your chest, in your in your neck, maybe because you're like tensing your muscles, the energy around your genitals won't be able to move that freely, right? So obviously when you do that for a long time, and we tend to do that because we want to come, right? Uh, you, often women, men, because I'm, um, you know, when I have sex with, with, with dates uh, or with my, my partner, well, she wouldn't do it. But when, when I meet someone new, uh, I've got an open relationship with, uh, my partner um then sometimes I, I see a woman you know holding on to it because why that's when they feel more right? because they hold it all there because they haven't learned that to ah, to relax and when a woman does that also for men that have sex with this woman it will be more difficult also to not come because you're doing a two-body practice with sex so you want both to be Oh, relaxed and open if you don't want to come obviously if you do want to come it's different um, so it's basically allowing yourself to to breathe relaxed had to move to make sounds to not tense your muscles but also in a very soft way to um, relax your focus and that may be um, un until you get it that may be a little bit vague but we, we tend to focus and feel a lot with our cocks and that's good, but you can also start to focus and feel more of the rest of your body, of the rest of the body of your partner, basically spreading your focus outward, like a soft gaze. Um, often uh, when men uh, are new to this, I tell them like, okay, if you feel you're about to come and you're having sex, well, if you have some lube or coconut oil, just put something on your hand and start to massage your partner's belly or her breasts or do something else. Start kissing her, maybe move not so much, but really focus on something else and really, you know, enjoy the, the dance, the play in a different way instead of just checking, okay, how, how far am I? Am I at 80%, 85%? Ooh, I have to 
I have to stop now because you know you don't have to start edging when you don't know how to. I mean, if you can edge for hours and you're quite okay and good with that, fine, do it. But if you have to go to 99% and then completely stop again, maybe try something else for a change. Right. Cool. Yeah, there's a lot there. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be, um, yeah, maybe that, that would be an interesting uh, one for you. Right? Just mm. to, just to, and, and also there, there's this, this idea, if we do need a break, right, taking our cocks out, uh, if, we're, if we're having intercourse, um, we have these great tools, right? And they can do so many different things that our, our cocks cannot, right? And I, I remember when I first started with Tantra, I, uh, I got to learn and understand a lot with I, what I could do with my cock. I mean, that's, uh, you know, there, there's so much you can do and you can feel and, and feel into with that beautiful organ there. Um, but I was a little bit afraid to use my hands because I didn't know what to do with them, right? But once I started working with my hands more, I realized that sometimes my hands are actually even more orgastic than my cock can be. Because you know it can bend in different ways. You can put one or two in. You can do different things on the outside, the inside. It's all these things that uh, a cock cannot. Mm. And um, so yeah, that that could be just orgasmic in itself. Just trying to play with that more, right? Just touching, massaging, making love with a pussy with your hands. Cool. So like um, pussy massage, do you, do you teach that in your courses or in your, your online? Uh, well, funnily enough, I, I, I gave, a, I, I called it the pussy approach and massage demo last week for the, I'm running with a, with a colleague and friend of mine that you know, Rowan Andrews. I'm running a five month training for men's sexual mastery. And I, I did a, a demo on a, on, a, on a lover of mine. Um, and I'd say it's not the traditional massage per se. I mean, traditional, maybe for a lot of men this, or a lot of people, this is not like a traditional uh, uh, area uh, that we're talking about, but um, um, it's not so much about specific ways on how to move, but it's more on, okay, how, uh, when I'm going to touch the pussy, how can I create a space in which both I and the one, uh, the, my, my partner in the moment will feel safe enough to relax and where I feel safe enough to start touching and start feeling what feels right for me because it feels good for me within a consensual framework, of course, right? So obviously there's, there's a lot of different strokes and things you can do, um, but they're very, um, well, like I said before, everyone has a different body. So some things will feel great for some person and other things won't feel that great. So it's really about slowing down enough and, and really allowing yourself to be adventurous and to try out new things and to be really in connection with, with the woman that you're with. Mm. See if this is nice. And also to allow yourself, that's one of the most important things, to do what feels good for you, right? Because often that's a big thing, right? 
Of course, a woman wants to be touched in a way that she likes. That's very important. But she also likes to feel that you're having fun, that you like what you're doing instead of, okay, I, I have the feeling he's just doing this because he thinks I like this. Mm. So it's, it's a pussy massage, but I mean, if I give a pussy massage, it's every time completely different. And it takes about 15 minutes before I actually enter the pussy, right? Because the whole approach, just the, you know, just the cupping, just the touching around is just as important. Mm. Right? Women aren't used to that kind of approach, right? Often they're used to men just sticking their fingers in, which is quite horrible, I'd say, right? That's, there, there's so much more to it. So I was learning about our positive and negative poles. I don't, I don't know if you're aware of this, but a man's positive is in his cock and groin, women's are breasts. So men try and get to their heart, get to feeling love through their cocks, which is why men sort of think with their cocks, right? They lead with their cocks. Women mm -hmm. tend to leave, lead with their hearts, right? Their breasts are the first part of their body that enters the room. They kind of lead with their love. And in order for a woman's pussy to be ready for penetration, there needs to be some kind of um, opening in the heart, obviously for her to feel safe. And then when when her this area is open, then the, the her pussy area opens. So, and because no one knows, or very few people know about this and with porn and everything else, my sex is kind of done without an open heart, well, not most, but a lot. And therefore, when she's being penetrated with a guy's cock or fingers, then kind of on an energetic level, it's actually quite traumatizing for them. So it can shut down areas and it means that their pleasure can sometimes only be um, gained in like the clitoris, where whereas actually a, a whole another world for a lot of women to explore inside um once these areas start to awaken so is 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 what do you agree with what i said and i wanted to say it just because i know a lot of women don't know this stuff um and i if for those who are like prepared to listen and it i feel a bit shameful even talking about it because i don't i'm not you know qualified or anything at all and, and i can almost almost worry about women watching this going like what, what, what are you talking about you know you, what do you know but I think it's an important thing. Can you talk about it? <laughs> yeah, sure. And, and of course, I, I recognize what you say, like uh, we're, we're human beings in male bodies. What, what the fuck do we know from female bodies? Um, sure. But um, yeah, so um, to be honest, I, I tend not to think in, in like positive and, and negative charged parts and um, that a woman always wants to first connect with the heart and man just with the cock because for me personally, it feels different. So I think, again, every human being is, uh, is different. How I would reframe it more is that a lot of women have had bad experiences with men. Um, and it's a very, very intimate thing to be penetrated, right? I also tell men, if you want to be a good lover, you should know how it is to be penetrated. Right, because then you understand how fucking vulnerable it is and how fucking scary it is and how painful it is if that happens by someone that's not present with you, that's somewhere else with his or her thoughts, 
right? Uh, just all over the place, busy with her his own uh, cock, or if it's a woman, maybe you know, busy with something else, uh, and and not there with you, right? It, it's very painful. So I, I I can imagine that for a lot of women, it means that they they're going to be after a few bad experiences, uh, be more uh, on the safe side before opening up towards someone, opening up the legs, but opening up the hearts too. So they, they want to feel into more if it feels right. right? And, and that may, may be one part of it. Um, another thing is that, uh, and, and we can go into that, but maybe I'll just refer to the, the book of Emily Nagoski. She wrote a book, uh, what's it called again? Uh, I forgot the name. Um, I can put it in the description. And yeah, come as you are, I think it's called. But anyway, she, yeah, she, so she, she talks a lot about the importance of context, right? And, and um, it's a little bit of a generalization, but um, context means a lot for women, also for a lot of men. For me, it means a lot, but men seem to be, you know, quicker to be able to have sex on the spot. Whereas for women, they need a little bit more context. They need to feel safe. The, you know, the things need to be like, they need to be relaxed. And, you know, the context around should be uh, okay before they're open to sexual things happening, right? So, so they, they don't scan with their cocks. They scan more with their hearts, with their feelings, with their sensations. Like, hey, how, how are things? How is this? Is this safe? Can I do this? Can I trust this guy? No, uh, can he be there for me? Maybe not all women will think that way, but definitely the women that are more used to this kind of sexual work or more intentric sexuality, you know, they, they question themselves like, can this guy catch me if I fall? If I give myself to this man, if I surrender to him, will he be there or will he lose himself as well in his own body, in his own pleasure? Like, will he collapse? Will he let the space collapse? So obviously, that's what I scan for. Um, and that's my experience with women, right? And as a, as a tantric gigolo, I, I, I did, well, tantric sex sessions with women. I also worked with couples in that area. And the, the most important thing for me was always first to establish a safe container, right? And also to make them understand that even though uh, they pay me for having sex with them, it doesn't mean that needs to happen, right? It doesn't need to happen, right? It's all good, right? It, it, this is really about as, as fast or as slow as someone is able to, to, to trust the other, to, to, to feel safe and to relax into that. And then, you know, a great connection can happen. And from this connection, great sex can happen, right? So I, I would say, yes, there's definitely a truth, I think, to women opening, wanting to feel safe here. Um, and men may be quicker to be ready to, to have sex uh, when they get a hard on, for example. Um, but that does change when men actually start to understand, to realize, to feel what it means to be penetrated. But a woman can never explain a guy how it is, how it can feel to be penetrated when a guy is not present with you when it doesn't feel safe you know when you're when you feel shitty afterwards i mean they will never be able to explain it but a man can experience it for sure that's how i know how it feels like that's how i can 
sort of, as far as I can, with this male body, you know, feel into how this can be for women because I experienced it. I experienced being penetrated by a woman feeling very, very unsafe. Looking up at this woman, she's not being there with me. And I just closing my eyes because it was too painful to look at this, right? She was all over the place while I was offering myself while she was penetrating me, right? You weren't able to communicate that in the moment or no, I didn't? It was too shocking. It was too shocking. And then in a later stage when I do spoke, when I spoke up or when I no, of course, I'm, I'm not opening up from, from that. So I felt more tense in my body. She would say like, oh, you have to relax. Well, that's not going to work, right? Mm -hmm. if, if a woman tells me to do, to relax while I'm being penetrated by her um, and I don't feel safe, that's not going to work, right? There was no vulnerability on her side. You know, there, there was no feeling into. She wasn't seeing me. She wasn't keeping me safe. I realize we touch on a lot of very important topics here, but mm. um, I, I guess it's important to to yeah, come back to your question: why women want to feel, you know, want to open with their hearts first before they open their legs? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That's that was quite heavy, but it's so fucking important because I just was thinking about how how many women are having to deal with that for men who. You know, and, and they want their women to women to be enjoying it, so they almost pressure them to show that they're enjoying it when they're not inside. So they're not. It's just, it's just not not great, really, is it? And and women who want to um, do the right thing by men. So if it isn't going well, rather than saying, right, let's let's stop, let's talk about this, just let them carry on. Um, and what what that it's just. Yeah, it's just not not good overall, really. Not good for the men, but especially not good for the women. Yeah, and 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 you know, I think most guys out there, most women out there, we want to do good for each other. We want to, you know, we really want to do as good as we can. But it, we need to learn how to communicate about this. You know, how to safeguard our boundaries. How to speak up. Like if I'm with my partner, I can do pretty much anything I want because I trust her to speak up if she doesn't like it. I know she will, which is not just creating safety for herself, but also safety for me that I know that I can trust her on her, on her words. And if I'm not sure, I just ask like, hey, are we green? Right? We, we use this code, it's more from BDSM, but yet uh, red, uh, yellow and green, like, are we green? And well, pretty much all the time she says, yes, we're green or yes, green, or go on, or, you know, whatever it is. But sometimes I need to check in with her because I'm doing something that I find scary. You know, that's, that's on my edge. I don't have that much anymore with my partner because we know each other well, but definitely if I'm, uh, if I'm with a lover, I, I always have this discussion beforehand, you know, creating safe boundaries and, and also creating some kind of safe words that we can use. Because often you don't want to have an, a long conversation while you're having sex. You know, well, how is this for you? I mean, that can be, it can be a good conversation starter, but sometimes you just want to have a quick check-in if we're both doing fine still. And then one word is enough. Mm. Must be great when you first meet a woman and she asks what you do. 
you just you say a sex coach must be quiet do, do, is yeah. that what you say do you, do you say that if they say what was your job um yeah i guess yeah because it, it is my job uh, sex coach intimacy coach um i i I tend not to immediately talk about it. Um, uh, well, I mean, not, not for a specific reason, but uh, I was thinking if I meet someone that I, some women and, and men actually as well, that that was new for me not that long ago, are quite intimidated by what I do. Uh, and I've, I've seen, and I had this very good connection. I was doing um, a training uh, a few months ago and there was this one guy, um, that actually was very interested in, in my work, but he also shared with me during this weekend that we were doing this training together. It's like, hey, you're a good looking guy. You've been a tantric gigolo. You teach men how to be better lovers. You're a sex coach. You work with couples, so all these things, right? You're very threatening to me. Mm. You know, you're very threatening to me and I need to feel safe as well with you before I start trusting you, before I actually trust you to tell me what to do in the bedroom before I trust you to come between me and my girlfriend, for Christ's sake. Mm. And, and that was new for me that, that, that um, it, it can be quite intimidating to say this from the start on. Yeah. Mm. I can imagine, man. And it's funny, actually, mo most people that follow me are, are women, even though I coach mostly men. Mm. Um, and um, often the men that I do coach are being sent there by their partners or at least tipped <laughs> by their partners, you know, like, like, hey, there's this thing, maybe you want to check it out. And, um, so there's, lot, there's still a lot of shame around this for men talking about this with other men. Mm. Even just me saying I'm a coach can be a conversation stopper with, with some guys, you know. And I talk about how I help men with their emotional difficulties often around in, in relationships and as soon as they hear that they you know they don't want to know know anymore which is fair enough for like maybe don't take it personally you know um but i kind of package it in a way sometimes to not cause offense or you know trigger the other person um mm -hmm. i'd love to hear more about your job as the tantric gigolo because this is quite quite fascinating to me i can imagine it's for a lot of people when they hear can you talk a little bit about what your role was specifically? Um, what made you a good tank, tantric gigolo? What, what, what is it about you that women paid you money to not just pleasure them, probably in ways that they've never been pleasured before, but also to heal, to, to make that a healing experience? Because I'm guessing it's not just for pleasure, although I'm sure that's why a lot of women saw you. There's a healing element in how you are fucking or having sex or, or whatever it is, you know, making love. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, sure, yeah. And it is in a way a healing element because most women aren't used to being, and, and then I'll, come back to why I think they would trust me uh, or want me to do this. Um, most women aren't used to a guy being fully present with them while having sex, right? Just the fact that, uh, that there's a man that's fully there with them 
you know, that, that sees them where they are at and that's knowledgeable in what he does, right? He, he's able to hold the space for them so they can, well, adventure and, and, and ex experience parts of themselves that they haven't been experiencing before, which can be a very scary thing, right? So yes, it's pleasure, but often they start to experience things that are new to them. Right, and, and then the mind chips in and all of a sudden things like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, there, there's a shock effect. I've seen that a lot with when I did uh, sessions and sometimes I still see it with lovers, right? All of a sudden they let go in ways that are new for them. And that's quite a shock to the system. And all of a sudden, you know, they feel very, very naked, you know? And in that moment, there's fear. And in that moment, they check in with me consciously or subconsciously are you still here with me? Are you still here to catch me, right? Yeah. And in that moment, if I see that, and well, I, I'm, I've, over the years, I've become pretty good in this and seeing these nuanced things because I'm fascinated by it as well. Um, and I can, you know, and like, how would you say, I can sync with them where they are at. Then, you know, there's this sense of relief, okay. I'm safe still, right? So often what happened uh, during sessions is that maybe for a woman that wasn't used to being a little bit more wild and making a lot of noise and uh, make it like love like a little bit more raw, all of a sudden she would do that. And then, you know, she had a scare because all of a sudden she realized she was doing it and I would see it. And I would just, you know, my body would move backwards immediately because I feel she needs more space. I would slow down and maybe I would give her a hug because it felt that I'm not thinking about it, right? That's the thing. I'm just, it just feels like, oh, oh, it's like, like you see, you see someone that all of a sudden needs a hug and it feels like, you know, it's like, okay, come here. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hug and it's okay. And it's just saying that. And that's also often when emotions are released, right? So that kind of sexual experience is very new for a lot of women, right? And that does have a big impact, not just on how they want to have sex from then on, but also on how they see themselves as sexual human beings. Um, I guess the reason why they would choose me, well, obviously, especially if, if it would be a new client, that, you know, it's a little bit, you, you take a step into the deep, right? You, you don't know what you're going to get. But I would also, I will always do um, a Zoom uh, call beforehand. Uh, and I know some of my, well, the, the, the colleagues that I have in this field still that's still doing this work, they, they, don't, they, not, they don't always do that. I, I used to do it because I just wanted to check in. I just wanted her to, you know, look me in the eyes. And I think I spark a lot of trust. I feel quite safe. And the way that the conversation that we have beforehand helps them relax into the fact that I'm not there to take something from them. I'm not there to get something out of this. Of course, you know, um, and that's a whole different topic on wheel of consent and what taking means. And, you know, there's healthy taking as well. And they often want to feel that they're taken. So there's taking, but I don't do it for me, right? I'm in service of them. And, and when they can feel that, then there's trust. You know, then there's enough trust for them to do something scary, which is often letting go of control. And that's what they're longing for often, but it's really, really scary. And they're not used to it. 
And you won't do it when you're used to guys and looking at them having sex and think like he's not, he doesn't know what he's doing. Right. And, and, and what often happens, um, and again, you know, I, I, I like talking a lot, so I can talk forever about this. Um, but what often happens, there was this, when I was doing sessions with a woman, there was this moment, this click that I could see in their eyes that they actually realized, hey, he seems to see me now a little bit better than I see myself in this moment. He seems to know where we're going to, even though I don't know it. Right? He seems to really see me now. And that's the moment when there's oh, all of a sudden this big release, this big letting go. Wow. And then, um, well, a session becomes very enjoyable for, for the both of us, yeah. obviously. That's amazing. I love that so much. So, yeah, this like, sex doesn't have to just be about reaching orgasm, right? There's this whole other realm to explore and, and to to allow your partner to feel safe to be and express those parts of themselves that they've been taught by society or who whoever's taught them that that's not good that's not right that's not how women should be or behave and really you know they want to be everything we you know want to be whole i guess and and to be that guy who can let them be who they need to be without judgment i can see how he healing that is for sure man and is that so you, would you say you're very accepting in yourself you've you've come to you've I'm, I'm guessing you've done a lot of healing work on yourself you strike me as someone who's just very comfortable in your own body um you probably don't have a lot of judgments about who you are and how you operate how you communicate with people and therefore that comes across in how you relate to other people because i feel safe around you i don't feel judged in any way you know well thanks for saying that and, and yeah that's obviously very important for me like the biggest compliment i can get whether that's from a man or a woman is that i'm well first of all relatable but also um that i feel safe right that's that's like the biggest compliment i can get um and yes, I, I feel very comfortable uh, with my body uh, around the topic of sexuality. Uh, and and I, I've, I think I've developed a kind of natural curiosity when I feel there's a little bit of a, an edge somewhere, when I feel there's a little bit of shame or contraction uh, and I want to get, get my, my finger under it, right? To, to see what's there. Um, and um, well, thank God I've got a girlfriend that's uh, in that way exactly the same. And uh, we're very good uh, complementary to each other with that. Um, yeah. Is it, you said you were in a, so you're in a, obviously in a loving relationship and it's, it's an open relationship as well. So do you, do you still struggle with jealousy if she's off sleeping with other guys or is that quite, that just doesn't seem to uh, have an, a, an effect on you emotionally? Um, it really depends on how I feel in the moment, right? So I, I think I, I used to think that jealousy is something that I needed to overcome. I was quite masochistic in that way. I've, I've, I've experimented, experimented with open relationships for a long time. Um, I think already from 2006 onwards. Uh, so, um, so yeah, sometimes it's still there and it's, it's just part of what it is. And, um, 
it's something I accept. And it's sometimes I'm sometimes really curious about as well. Why is it? What makes me feel insecure about myself? Because that's often the reason why I'm uh, like a little bit jealous. I feel a little bit insecure about something. Um, and then I have a conversation about that with my, with my partner. Yeah. And, uh, and for us, the same thing. Like sometimes it feels really good. Um, we also love, you know, inviting someone to our into our bedroom. In that way, I'm definitely I'm a voyeur. I love watching uh, my girlfriend being sexual with someone else, uh, including men. Uh, men, women doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love to see it. Um, wow. uh, that's a whole different topic. Why that is, but I, I guess you know because I, I I can feel in my own body then what they're doing, right? I don't even have to do the work myself. I can just watch it mm. and and I can feel the guy, obviously if I trust him as well, and I would, it's, that's, if we invite someone, it's someone that I know that I trust, right? If it's a man, you know, I, I know him, I love the guy, I love the woman, and I can feel them both enjoying each other and not holding back because I'm there. So I feel completely included in this bubble and it's just, it blows my mind every time. It's amazing. Um, but anyway, that's that's um, not specifically the, the, the question you asked. Yeah, so I do, I do feel jealousy. I think it's, it's part of what makes me human and it's uh, it's fine. I can navigate that, yeah. I'm, I'm just nice the time. So we're gonna, we were gonna cap it around an hour, but I mean, there's so, so, so many things I could talk about, but maybe if there's time for another another one of these in the future, then and I'd love to do that, especially talking about BDSM. But um, we can talk about that uh, uh, later. Um, did you did you have to go through some pretty extreme react? Because I mean, to me, I'll be honest, like that the idea of being in a loving relationship with a woman and seeing another guy fucking her, and for me just to get pleasure from that, there's just so much in the way, um, and fear that she's gonna think he's a better fuck, and then disappear with him you know it's really bringing up my abandonment wound just hearing you talk about it so did you I think a lot of people if they heard you they'll just think oh you're just naturally confident right did you did you need to did you go into that were you like me where like the idea of that terrified you but you're like fuck it I'm gonna explore this abandonment wound in me and and, yeah. and that's allowed you to get to where you are absolutely yeah, yeah. this this terrified me a lot um um, you know, again, I've been like practicing with this and playing around with this for a long time. So uh, yeah, I, I went through a lot of phases and, you know, uh, I've grown a lot. And I, I think I definitely had like a little bit of an unhealthy streak of masochism in me, like thinking I needed to feel this was okay if I wanted to do it myself and blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, so there's a lot of phases I went through. And, I'm, I'm quite confident in saying that now with my girlfriend, it feels quite balanced, right? We know what's our top priority, what is most important to us, that's our relationship, right? At the moment, we're both not dating a lot. Compared to how I was a couple of years ago, I hardly date ever at the moment. Why? Because, you know, it's just this time of year. I don't know, it doesn't happen. Maybe it's going to happen more uh the coming months i don't know but most importantly is that i feel safe to express myself express my vulnerability express my pain that may come up my insecurity and she has the same 
And sometimes that is really difficult, right? Because like you say, the things are being triggered that are old, old wounds. That like the most painful thing you can talk about, right? Uh, but, but we do if it comes up and, and we know what's most important for us, right? And that's us. And, and when we can really feel that and relax into that, then a date all of a sudden, well, of course there's exceptions, is not such a big deal anymore, right? We know how to deal with that. But it's, it's you know, I, I coach a lot of couples also in this aspect, like they have this feeling they want to open their relationship, but they don't know how to do it in a safe way. I've, right. my personal experience, I've done it in a very unsafe way. I've seen a lot of people in the tantra world do it in a very unsafe way. I know how not to do it. And I also know now how to do it well or better. So uh, yeah, there's a lot to be gained from couples in getting expert advice on opening up the relationship. Sure. So come speak to you. Well, yeah, or any other uh, relationship or sex coach that's you know that that works with this kind of topics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool, man. I'd love to chat so much. Can you um, can you just let people know how they can find you? What what courses you've got coming up? And yeah. Yeah. So I just started this week with a course for couples, a three months program, Tantra for couples or Tantric sexuality for couples. So it's now running for the next three months. Um, of, a also, live one then, where people go. It, it's, it's with um, it's with date nights and and live meetings. Uh, well, live online. So it's online. It's for the people that just want the comfort of their own homes, do their own things without doing it live in groups. Um, and because of the longer stretch of time, there's also more time to integrate, to ask questions, to, to really grow also, to communicate about sex in a healthy way and to discover their own bodies. So, you know, if you do a weekend workshop, that's great. You get a lot of new imprints, but just a weekend, right? So there's, there's a lot to say to spread it out over a couple of months. Um, so I do it twice a year. Uh, next one, not sure when it's going to be. Uh, I also do a five-month training for men together with Rowan Andrews, sexual mastery. Um, that's running now. Again, we're halfway there. Uh, so somewhere in autumn, we'll start again. Um, and my new website is not just not yet launched. I hope hopefully next month. But if people want to connect with me, they can do over Facebook or uh, check out ultimatelovers.com. That's the website I'm using now. Okay. And, cool. uh, yeah. Right. And you know, you're on Facebook as well, obviously. Yeah. I'll I'll tag you to the um to my to this this podcast. Um, Facebook or Instagram. It's both good. Cool, man. So just just real quick, do you help men um become more multi-orgasmic or at least sort of feel feel that orgasmic states around the body rather than just around the cock is that something you help men with it, it's it's a natural consequence of diving deeper into this work and also working okay. with me when they learn how to become more sensual and slowing down taking away the goal you know if they put the time and effort in because of course they need to it, it doesn't go overnight no. that's what everyone says on the internet it doesn't work like <laughs> that then you will become multi-orgasmic or experience different kinds of orgasmic states that you won't experience when you just focus on one, like on ejaculation alone. Yeah, cool. Definitely.